and thank you for tuning in to the Real Life Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Spears, author, speaker, advocate, and someone who loves to hear inspiring, extraordinary stories from everyday people. I'm fortunate that I get to meet so many different people, and I'm super excited to introduce you to one of them now. Hi, I'm here with my guest today, Lori Long, who is the executive director for the Center for Individuals with, with Physical Challenges. Okay. Yeah. That actually used to be a longer title. Is that true? It did. Okay. Um, we've gone through a couple name changes. Probably the longest one was the Tulsa Recreation Center for the Physically Limited. Okay. That's a mouthful. See, that's what I thought I was going to say today, but then it <laughs> dawned on me, no, it, it's changed. It so has. And just call us the center. The center. Yeah. I love that. And I love what you do, by the way. So you have this a big, important job that affects a lot of people. And you have, how long, so first of all, how long have you been? there? I just celebrated my 11th anniversary wow. with the center. And, um, and, and I appreciate those kind words. I mean, you know, it, it's very humbling because I love what I do. And you so, do love what you do. I do. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> um, and so, yes, I know it impacts a lot of people and, and it is an important role. I don't want to diminish that in any way, but the bottom line is I love my work. Yeah. And for me, it's not really work when you love it so much. Yeah. Well, and when you love what you do, everybody benefits around you. Absolutely. We've all heard of or know that person that hates their job. Yes. And they're, just, <laughs> they're a rain cloud Absolutely. and nobody wants to be And I've there. always promised myself I'm not going to be that person. Yeah. Well, how could you, when you think about the positive effect you have, not only on just a, a small group of people, mm -hmm. an entire community, yes, though. Yes, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, and you've had some exciting news about a new facility. Yes, we do. So let's talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. So we have been um, in, a, in a very big growth phase for about the past five years. Um, we've owned the corner lot at, um, so it would be the north east corner lot of 11th and Utica. Okay. We've owned that land for about 15 years. Uh, native Tulsans may remember it as the old pancake place. Sure, sure. And um, so we've owned that land and we've just kind of sat on it. You know, what's the next phase of the center? What's the growth opportunities? We were not obviously in a hurry to make any quick decisions. And so about five years ago, we um, had a conversation with some of our donors about wanting to just kind of spruce up that corner lot, maybe put some grass and a sign and some nice fencing. Okay. Make it look and feel a little bit more like our organization. And uh, had some conversations with donors and they said, you know, it's time to dream bigger. Mm. What is that next phase of the center? And I said, oh, well, you're talking to the right person because I love to dream. <laughs> I like to dream big. And so it's actually that coined phrase that we named our campaign. It's called the Dream Big Capital Campaign. So we started out with some focus groups. We met with constituents, volunteers, community partners, and we talked about what are those opportunities for the center? What kind of needs can we meet? And two themes rose out of the focus groups, which are just super exciting, but they're also kind of polar opposites. Okay. One is the opportunity to grow our adaptive sports program. So I know mm. you as an athlete, yeah. um, this is so cool. So about six years ago, we became a U.S. Paralympic Sport Club, which is a designation from the Olympic Committee to offer adaptive Paralympic sports. That's great. And so we are currently offering 15 different sports with our newest one, wheelchair softball. Really? Yeah. Yes, oh, of course I'm all in on so that. so cool. And um, there's nobody else in northeastern Oklahoma and really the four quadrants of the state. So up into Kansas, Missouri, Missouri Arkansas. Okay. So our little quadrant area. 
providing adaptive sports. That's awesome. So we have a true opportunity to really put Tulsa on the map and bring in a regional aspect and a regional following. So 15 different adaptive sports, and we knew there was an opportunity to grow that more. Sure. The other need that arose, which was no surprise to us, was the huge gap in service to disabled children and youth. And that's kind of a heart tugger Mm -hmm. Um, for me personally. um, I I come from a youth services background. And so to be able to serve kiddos is very exciting. Um, And there's there's a huge gap in this community. And we felt that that was an area we could meet that need. Wow. So we designed a facility, took 18 months to design I'm not saying it's perfect, Mm -hmm. but we tried to think of everything. And we brought in a lot of experts and, again, constituents. And we really thought about what kind of facility do we need? What features do we need to kind of meet both these opposite needs? And that's where we are now. So we're uh, finishing up construction on a $12 million facility and campaign that is going to more than double our capacity. That is it's incredible. Great. So when you say double your capacity, yeah. so what do you do at the center? Yeah. Like, do people live there? Is it just you serve? So, right. so I think a lot of people we don't serve know. as a community recreation center okay. for persons with all kinds of physical disabilities. So we serve people that have had a stroke, traumatic brain injury, spinal cord injury, amputation, vision and hearing impairments. Okay all the way to people with arthritis, diabetes, hypertension, heart disease. Okay. It's a really wide array of people and backgrounds. And so because we serve such a wide array, they have a lot of different interests and needs that sure. we try to fulfill. We are not residential. That's okay. a big myth we like to dispel. Um, but we focus on health, fitness, and wellness. We focus on the physical body, um, strength and stamina of the physical body. But then we balance that with fun. Yeah. So what's those leisure and recreation opportunities that you and I might like to enjoy? Do we like gardening, cooking, um, computer skills, sports, arts and crafts? We have all of that at the center. So we really balance. It's kind of a holistic approach, if you will. And um, so we offer classes, 85 different classes on campus as well as out in the community. That's mind-boggling. And so when we say double capacity... Number one, there's an aspect of just plain square footage. Sure, <laughs> We're sure. going from 35,000 square feet to 71,000 square feet, literally doubling. Wow. Um, second is doubling the capacity of the number of people we can serve. So a maximum of four to 500 people a day. We're at about 200 a day right now. Okay. And then um, more important to us is maximizing the capacity of the types of programs we can offer and enhancement of programs that we can offer. Okay. So again, more sports, added programs to kids, things of that nature. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So do you think right now you have the 400 people that will come in a day or do you think if you build it, they will come? Are you? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so again, we're serving about 200 a day right now, but we know from the census now, granted, the census is how old, right? Yes. About eight years old now. Yes. Um, there's more than, in just the Tulsa metropolitan statistical area, you're dealing with about 170,000 people with disabilities. Okay, that... Uh, it's mind-boggling. That is shocking. Yes. Am I, I, I can't be the only one that's shocked no, by that you're number. You're not shocked okay. by it. Yeah. yeah, you're not the only one. It, it is absolutely... When we found that statistic out as well, we were beside ourselves. Sure. And so it does go to show that disability is everywhere. You know, one of the things that we like to say, and and we don't take credit for this statement, we heard it, 
it's the largest minority group you can join at any point in your life. Ooh, that's true. So think about that. That's true. And with the statistic right now being one of every three adults is going to have a disability or care for someone with a disability. Yeah. So you and I, we had one more person in this room. Which yeah. one of us is that going to be? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be one of us. And um, thankfully in Tulsa, there is a place like the center to be a resource for you and your families and our neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think? So somebody that has disabilities, what do you think are the biggest issues for them? What would, what would those be if you had to list those out? Well, they're numerous, you know, having a disability is not uh, number one, there's the physical side right off the bat. And that's probably primarily what people think of. So there's going to be challenges that you have to overcome from a physical nature, whether that's transportation, literally, moving from a wheelchair into a chair, yeah. you know, restroom and hygiene needs. There's all those kind of, um, of challenges. But what a lot of people don't think about that we see with people coming to the center, sometimes it's a complete change in your identity. Mm. You might not be able to work anymore. And that's a lot of our Psychological, identity. Psychological, sure. You know, uh, it changes your financial situation. If you're not able to work and you're moving from a earned wage to disability income. Mm-hmm. Right now in the state of Oklahoma, disability income is $700 a month. Gosh, that's, that's a that's, big change for people. Yeah. Um, there's relationship changes, you know, whether that's from a, a spouse or partner situation yeah. to maybe your children becoming caregivers, mm-hmm. your relationships change completely. So, and, and beyond, there's more, I yeah. mean, there's, there's mental health concerns, there's emotional concerns. You know, we see a lot of people that go through some depression, anxiety, For anger. Sure. There is a multitude of issues that impact you when there's a life changing situation. Yeah. And, um, hopefully we, we plan to be a part of that. So we are there to meet those physical needs, but we're also there to be that social support system, yeah. connect to them with other resources to help, um, offset, maybe help meet those needs that, um, that they're experiencing. I keep thinking mind, body, spirit, like, you know, all that's those exactly things. right. Yeah. 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 That's absolutely, a, that's a lot. So like sometimes organizations will, you know, be more narrowly focused, mm-hmm. but you can't separate a disability no. from all those other no, things. Right? Absolutely not. And we certainly don't say we're a one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a good, uh, partner network of other nonprofit organizations that we, um, you know, we're, we're connected to um, some for-profit entities, whether that be physicians or clinics or things like that, that we can refer out to when it's an area that's above and beyond what we can provide service for. Right. Yeah. When you talk about, um, you know, somebody in a position that to need services mm-hmm. like yours, mm-hmm. That it's, um, I think a lot of times people think, no, it's somebody that's born into that. Yeah. But it's really, um, do you have a, like, what percentage of the people, would, if you know this, and I don't even know, uh, yeah. would be where they have developed a disability mm-hmm. over time? I, would, I, I don't have an exact percentage, but I can tell you it's the majority of the people we serve okay. right now. Um, so the, the population that we're serving right now is mostly adults. Okay. And it is adults with disabilities that came on later in life okay. due to an accident, an injury, or a diagnosis. Yeah. Um, now, granted, with the addition of our children's programming, most of our kiddos are going to be born with it or right after birth. Yeah. So, again, whether that be a medical situation or a diagnosis where there's an amputation, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, What frustrates you the most in your role? Hmm. I think one of the things that frustrates me, and and then I think more people, I wish they would know, is that 
um, people with disabilities truly are just like you and I. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially the ones that we're serving right now that, that kind of had a life before disability. They were working, they were providing for their families, they were active in their community, and then something happened. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't, yes, certain things about them have changed, yeah. but they really still are a person. Yeah. And they deserve respect, they deserve no judgment, they deserve um, honoring, mm-hmm. and that, quite honestly, they still have a purpose in their life. Yes, that may have changed. Yeah. Um, so again, I think the center is there to help them kind of redefine that purpose and, and discover themselves again. Um, but that's frustrating to me that a lot of people will say to me, oh my gosh, you work in a place with people with disabilities? How depressing. Oh, That no. must be so sad. And I will say to them, you know what? I encourage you to come to the center yeah. and you take 10 steps into our facility, meet some of the people we serve, and you will see it is the furthest thing from being sad or depressing. Uh They are the most encouraging, inspirational, motivational people I've ever met in my life. And I think that's what keeps me so energized about what I do is because they deserve it. Yeah. And they're relying on me as the leader of the organization to make sure our services are still there. But in the end, they're just people. Yeah. And I love seeing them and I love connecting with them and they're an extension of what, of, of who we are and what we do. Well, I think they're lucky to have you as their leader because that that piece, just even looking at that as this is the most inspiring place to be. Yes, absolutely. Having that intention as a leader changes everything. You know, I remember when I was hired in my position, one of the things that the search committee told me that they were looking for in their next leader was somebody who could balance head with heart. Mm. And that um, still rings true to me so much to this day. Because yes, there is the the head side of running a business. Sure, um, I have human resource issues. We have infrastructure. We have financial. There's the the legal side of things. There's that business part of my job. Sure, but there's the heart side too. Yeah, and I never want to lose sight of that. And I've always said, if I lose sight of that, then I'm not the right person for the job mm. because we work with people. Yeah, and it's never black and white. There's a lot of gray when you're dealing with people. And um, one of the things I love is that I am literally 10 steps from our mission. I can walk 10 steps out of my office and I am in the heart of our mission. And it can be the worst of days. But all I have to do is go out there and my day changes. You know, I had dinner with someone last night and we were talking about um, in her role, she is a sweeper. And you've heard the the, the, uh, sport curling. Yeah, we used to do curling. Yeah, Yeah, that's an adaptive sport. I love it. I love it. But she was saying, you know, like a great executive director, that's your, you're a sweeper, right? You're trying to clear all the obstacles. That's right. So people can go thrive. That's exactly right. I I love the visual of that. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I say too is, um, uh, you know, to, to clear all the obstacles. I talk a lot about, I talk a lot about my team, um, from our staff to our volunteers, to my board. I have an amazing team. Um, my professional staff, I think are the best in the field. I think they're one of the best in Tulsa. Um, I'm so proud to work alongside them. And I often say that I, I surround myself with good people. Um, I am certainly not the know-it-all of everything that there can be, but I bring in professionals that do have that expertise, that do have that background to complement my areas that I'm not as strong in. Well, I'm going to tell you that's a skill because you're being very modest here. I'm going to say this. I think there's a lot of 
people that don't get leadership right in the sense that they feel like they have to, you know, know everything yeah. and do everything and that to be a great leader, you just have to do more. Right. But the truth is to be a great leader, you have to do more through great people. Absolutely <laughs> right. I agree. And you've completely. nailed that. So well Thank done, you. friend. Thank that, you. That's, uh, that's on you. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. Of course. Of yeah. course. What do you think is the hardest thing about being a leader? Like there's a lot of people that take on this nonprofit mm -hmm. world. They become an executive director. What would be your advice to that person that makes, would it, would it be that surround yourself with great people? I think that's definitely a piece of it. Um, I also think, you know, not to take anything personally, mm. um, you know, especially in the nonprofit world. So there's an aspect that scares a lot of people, which is the F word. Yeah. Fundraising. Yeah. I knew, I knew what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, and, and I'm a fundraiser by trade. That was my training and that's how I got my start in nonprofit. Um, it's not personal when yeah. I'm sitting with a potential donor and, you know, some people say to me, how can you sit across from somebody and ask for you know, hundreds of thousands, million of dollars. Yeah. And number one, you, you have to be passionate about what you're asking for. Sure. You have to believe in it, but it's not personal against me. Yeah. So when I, you know, I'm talking to somebody and I'm sharing the impact of the center, the, the importance of why we're here. Um, and they say, no, that could mean no, not right now. Yeah. Could be no, not for that purpose or reason that you asked for or no, not that amount. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's kind of rethinking it. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. That's not against me personally. Uh, that has to do with, okay, I have to recraft my message, my ask, whatever that looks like. So it's not personal. Um, be passionate, surround yourself with good people. And, you know, I also think um, that having those difficult conversations. Yeah. And I, I guess that's probably in any industry, but certainly in nonprofit, there's going to be difficult conversations. Um, you know, whether that be again from a, a staffing situation to, you know, donor conversations. Uh, one of the biggest trends I'm seeing right now in nonprofit world is increased accountability and transparency. Mm. Um, unfortunately, there's nonprofits out there that give us good ones, bad names. Sure. And so um, we have to be accountable to those that are investing in our organization. And sometimes that's um, telling them we didn't meet a goal mm -hmm. or we had this challenge in front of us. But my own experience has been the more honest, open, transparent you are, the more respect they're going to give you. Sure. And they're going to appreciate that yeah. because it's not all roses yeah. all the time. Yeah. And um, we need to be honest about that. And it's okay to be honest. It's interesting. You can draw a straight line from somebody telling you bad news mm -hmm. that they trust you more than when you're always delivering good news. Absolutely. Right? That's like, exactly right. Uh, we started a few years ago. Um, we have been a wonderful group. You know, we've been around for 61 years. I didn't know that. And yeah, long time history in this community. And so we have a really great network of past presidents okay. that have served our organization at the board level. And we put together a group called a Past Presidents Partnership, a P3. And one of the things, you know, we meet a few times a year and we give them updates on what we're doing. It's a great idea. Started out the first couple times that it was all that good stuff. Yeah. You know, it was, oh, feel good and everything's going wonderful. And one of my past presidents said to me, you know, Lori, what's your biggest challenge right now? Of all people, we are the group you should share that with. Nice. And that completely changed my mindset 
going forward. Because that's absolutely right. These are the people that gave a year or two Mm -hmm. of their volunteer life to this organization. They are still donors. They are still committed. Of all people, they want to know the good, the bad, and the ugly. And they are my resource. They are my advisors. They're there to help us. And so um, I had to then think, though, my next meeting is not going to be all doom and gloom. It's like, okay, how do I balance that? And um, it's not that I need them to fix everything for me. But, hey, here's a challenge we're facing. Do any of you have ideas, resources, maybe see it a different perspective than I do? And that's okay. That's a good thing to have different viewpoints. That's a strategy, though, right? Like when you start to leverage those, we call it a personal board of directors, right? right? Right. So you had a board of directors. A literal board of directors. Within that, a personal board of directors to say, who can I be vulnerable to? Who can I? If you don't create that network... Mm -hmm. I think you compromise the effectiveness in your yeah. role, right? Because yeah. you're not, you have to be vulnerable. You have to ask, you know, people, mm-hmm. you know, hey, look, this is what's really uh, keeping me up yeah. at night. Yeah. And, and, and get it's not, it's kind of back to that same thought is, I don't know everything. I'm not an expert in every area. And honestly, my way is not always the right yeah. way. Yeah. And to think outside the box, again, to get those fresh perspectives coming in. And then it's my job to make the final decisions. Yeah. But I get that input. I was just in a meeting and the guy, somebody said, um, you know, I, sur- I strive for alignment, not consensus. Mm-hmm. And it just, it won't leave my mind now. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, because if you just are always trying to get consensus, yeah. you cannot lead an organization and you won't effectively. Get anything done. Yeah. Yeah, because not everybody is going to agree yep. exactly the right way. Um, yeah, that's absolutely true. I mean, as we've gone through, especially in our facility expansion and looking at new staffing opportunities, new programs, how's that going to you know, yeah. look and feel? You know, I have a staff of 17 people. Yeah. We're all going to have different ideas. Yeah. Um, I get input and then, okay, what's the best decision for the center. Nice. It's not for me. Yep. It's not for you as a program director. Yep. It's not for that particular individual we serve, but for the good of the whole. Yeah. And I'm not always the most popular person with everyone. And I know that, but, um, I, I have the justification behind it and you're right. It's about aligning people. Yeah. Absolutely true. Ooh, I love it. Uh, we could talk all day. I know we're kind of at the end of our time, yeah. but I want to, I don't want to leave without uh, saying this. We did a um, Women's in Leadership, Mm -hmm. and you were there, and you got up and blew our (laughs) minds when you did your rap. You're Uh, an amazing rap artist. (laughs) I didn't think you were going to bring that up. Oh, my goodness. Well, the question was, what's your wild card? What's the thing that would just shock people? And you were like, "Eh, I'm a pretty good rapper. I am a pretty good rapper. Okay, so we have that on video. I know you do. Would you let us play it if we do get this over to YouTube and play the clip? I will, but... Okay. I actually have, I'll do a little bit for you right now. You will? I'll do a freestyle. Do it. Okay. Do I need music or are you just going to do it? I don't need music. All right, do it. Bum skibbity bum skibbity bum. I got that at a rumpa pum pum, but I can feed by my foe fiddly fum. Here I come, so Peter Piper. I'm hyper than Pinocchio's nose, cause I'm a super califragilistic tic tac toe. I got the oopsie daisy. Now you got me crazy, so one, two, unbuckle your shoe. Yabba doo, hibbity hoo. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I think that's the best ed- exit ever of any of the po- podcasts. So well played, That's friend. probably my most favorite freestyle. So. I love it. Well, thank you. Tracy, thank you so much. Thank you for we what have you, fun when we're together. I love it. And, I, and thank you for what you do for our community. Thank you so much. All I right. appreciate it. You bet. Okay. That was awesome. <laughs>
That was awesome. I figured you were going to bring that up. That was oh, it. Oh, my goodness. I've been sitting here like going, how can I integrate that? <laughs> it, it will go down as one of the greatest moments of oh, any training I've ever done. Because nobody believe. thought you would do it. Well, you know what I did? I he was there. Mix- I was you were there. That's he, right. I he's the one that right. filmed okay. it. Well, oh you you Lord. you have oh. a you have like a professional film, but oh somebody did it goodness. on the phone, and we have that too. You know, uh, so my husband's number one. So embarrassed that I did that. <laughs> he's like, I cannot believe you even broke out with that. Because um, he's obviously heard it before. But I was telling, <laughs> I learned to rap back in college years and years and years ago, and I grew up in. Omaha, Nebraska, not necessarily like rap city or anything. (laughs) And I went to school in Wayne, Nebraska, an even smaller area. We had a football team that recruited from all over the country. Okay. And we had a lot of guys that were recruited from California and they would just freestyle and rap. And we, I would just sit there listening. I was just, I was in the band. So I mean, I was kind of a band geek, but I like music and I like rhythm and things like that. So, um, I would just listen and I kind of picked up on it (laughs) and I just broke out one time doing it and they're like, a white girl can work and rap, you know? And I'm just like, I guess I can. Yeah. That's awesome. So then they talked me into entering a talent show on campus. Of course. And I did. I didn't win, but it was pretty awesome. But, and yeah. But you love that. You love performing. I that. do. I do. I'm kind of na- a natural. I don't <laughs> know why, but not, I wouldn't say natural. I'm not uncomfortable doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. So like, what's your dream? Like if you could do a duo with a rapper, who's the dream? Oh, wow. Um, Oh my gosh. I mean, I, back in the day, I would probably tell you Dr. Dre. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I loved yeah. him for sure. Yeah. It would probably still be to this day. I'm That's... not like into the rap community much anymore, but yeah, I still. <laughs> I have a new appreciation for it. Uh, Macklemore, he has been so mm-hmm. um, inspiring with yeah. his message. Yeah. And I think that in the beginning, I had a bias. Uh-huh. And that I have overcome, oh, and I appreciate yeah. it now. Well, so. and now, I mean, you know, as I've obviously grown up, and I have kids, and... Do they I rap? Mean, um, they don't rap, but they love to dance. Okay. And they've got really, actually, pretty good rhythm. I'm nice. like really surprised. <laughs> but, I mean, now there's even, you know, Christian rap, and again, the messages that yeah. can come through. I love that. I mean, obviously, I think it's got its history from gangster, and, you know, kind of the negative side. But I think it's been used positively well in a lot e- of areas. but even when you think about the gangster rap and yeah. all that they had a message oh, absolutely they did yes and i was watching uh the mtv award uh-huh. recently and uh Nicki minaj and i'm you know i have no comment on if i am or i'm not a fan <laughs> i was watching the people watching her and they were so connected mm-hmm. to her and as an artist, I yeah. thought, what an amazing oh, gift that is that she has. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that That's was, for sure. Yeah. Um, of uh, course, I used to like um, Slim Shady. But Slim Shady? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Look at you. So Eminem, uh, Slim yeah. Shady. Yeah, yeah. But um, he had some hard I know, songs like, for a while. I'm a fan um, of his. But yeah. um, I like his style and yeah. So yeah. Anyway. He's, a, he's So do you do rapping at the center? Um, not very much. Again, my staff are going to die if they see that. They, really? Yes. They they've never seen that? No, they'll be like, oh my God. No, how can I they? I mean, n- they've heard I've done it and things, but um, we do, we used to call it a talent show for our members. Now okay. we call it performance night because it's not always talent. Um, <laughs> but staff usually does a skit. Okay. And um, we did one a while back of um, 
what do we call it? The center, center throughout the decades. Again, we're 60, last year was our 60th sure. anniversary. So we did like a, a 50 segment, a 60s, a 70s. Um, I wanted to be in the 80s and 90s, but they talked me into being 70s because oh. I can make my hair into a natural outfit. Because <laughs> I naturally curly hair and it can get really big. totally 70s. Yeah. So they wanted me to do the 70s. But I wanted to do 80s and 90s and I was going to rap. But they said, eh, you're 70s. I, so. I, I will tell you there are pictures around this office of me in disco guard. <laughs> awesome. Because for our company, uh, no one asked me to. Uh-huh. I just occasionally would just get on camera yeah. with a disco. That's cool. Yeah. And I like disco too. I mean, uh-huh. I love music. I Like I said, I was in band. I grew up a trumpet player. Okay. And I love music. Do you still play? Um, I don't. You and don't. I will tell you, that's probably the biggest regret in my life. Well, it's not too late. I know I need to pick it back up. You again. totally do. So funny of a story. So my husband and I met later in life. We met in our mid-30s and um, got married. We've both been married before. But on one of our first few dates, uh, we started talking about high school and college and things like that. And we both discovered we played trumpet when we were younger. Turns out we both won the same statewide award the same year, which is the Louis Armstrong Jazz Award. Oh, my gosh. He won it in Texas, and I won it in Nebraska. That is... It was unbelievable. Well, you you were meant to be. Uh, that's what we said. Yeah. That, that cemented later, the deal. And that's our big claim to fame and our, our nice little connection that we oh, have. wow. He plays a little bit still, but um, I had, when I was a sophomore in college... Yeah, because I was originally a music major. Sure. My dream was to perform on the Johnny Carson show. Does that date me? Like, No, my okay. dream was to be on the Johnny Carson okay. show. <laughs> so Johnny Carson, which is kind of what I felt like tonight. I felt like I was on the Johnny Carson show. So Johnny Carson Thank grew up you. in Norfolk, Nebraska. Okay. Which was right. literally 30 miles from Wayne, Nebraska, where I went to school. Okay. And I wanted to be the trumpet player on the Johnny Carson show. Sure. And so here, you know, this is early 90s. My band instructor strong dominant male no you can't do that I, I have some cuss words for him and i changed my major you and you succumbed which is why you're a strong woman leader now that's what I, you, I that's what i attribute it to totally. i learned a lot from that and he just beat me down for about uh, a year and a half and it was devastating and again i look back now and i yeah. i always believe things happen for a reason but um I, I, that's the one big regret I have is I completely gave it up after that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you won't give anybody your power again like that. No, absolutely not. That's the perfect message. Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast to find out more about our books, online courses, and other resource materials. Check us out at tracyspears.com.